0: So good morning and welcome to another five minutes of The Silver Fox. These days the five minutes tends to have gone into sometimes about an hour. So if you get bored with me after about five minutes then please you're welcome to come and complain today. I'm with Heidi Dumini, who's an old friend of mine, who moved from the hotel industry through to the wine industry. Um, the subjects will be To Do With Wine, To Do With the Cape Wine Academy. Welcome, if you don't mind introducing yourself to the audience.
1: Thank you, Stephen. It's a good thing we're not drinking wine, because they it go go on all afternoon. Um, I'm Heidi Dumini. I'm a Cape Wine Master, um, and my life revolves around my passion for wine. i teaching it... Uh, lecturing, writing, marketing, judging, you name it, I've done it um, and continue to do it as the principal of the Cape Wine Academy. Um, And My my latest um, career move has been in service of resuscitating the Cape Wine Academy and really injecting um, some passion back into it and relevance and resonance both in the industry and with wine lovers and consumers.
0: So, how do you, the Cape Wine Academy being a relatively new venture for you? But there's a bit of a history with it. The Wine Academy's been around for quite Forty
1: some, years.
0: 40 years. Mm, in
1: fact, forty-two this year, um, and my and twenty of them I've lectured for them. So oh, really? they they're also an old friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and were very 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 instrumental in my path and my career, um, and in you know, perpetuating not only my interest in wine, but um, the many, many different directions you can go with wine. Um, You know, I love marketing, but somehow wine marketing is even more exciting than just plain marketing. Um, The same as, you know, if, if, if you are just a waiter, Um, and you realize your power as an ambassador for South African wine. It can take you so many places as witnessed by the rise of the sommelier in South Africa.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, So it really does offer you so many different directions and and, um, career opportunities and it unlocks a lot of um, a lifelong learning journey.
0: Interesting you mentioned about the rise of the sommelier. Um, So we had, going back to the the 1980s, um, the term wine steward. So wine steward was a way of being able to, if you like, divorce between a waiter and a person that served wine. So when places were heavily overstaffed, you had those that were serving food and those that were serving wine. But the knowledge was pretty slim, I think, in those days. Mm. We had Niederburg Stein, Bellingham Johannesburger, Grumberger and all those wonderful old brands. But now it's grown into a very much more large and Mm choice-driven industry. Why then the rise of sommelier? Is it like the rise of barista? They've now become these superhero characters yes. in people's minds that 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 somehow have... Um, oh, and mixologists as well. Oh, yes. Um, those types of things where the skill level has become really quite fine.
1: And Or there's also that juicy debate about it being jargon. And there are <laughs> <laughs> really a lot of people who would, um, you know... Um, counter whether we've got any sommeliers in South Africa that are internationally um, credited and qualified. Um, and it it has been a little bit of a rockstar thing, even in the wine world, you know, we went from having the wine maker as being the rockstar that people Absolutely. wanted to see and hear from. Um, and then it, it's the same sort of thing. Now a sommelier has a, has a very, um, a, a, a voice that gets heard, but in essence, what's been forgotten is that a sommelier isn't a publicity um, a PR person, they are really the person who takes care of the wine program in a a fine establishment. Um, The problem in South Africa is there's not a lot of fine establishments who can afford to um, secure the services of an, accredited, an internationally accredited sommelier. And you find that a lot of these guys, with their, their knowledge, they outgrow the position of a service job, you know, a job on the floor and in the um, service industry. So a lot of them land up working in the wine industry in other roles. Be it um, sales representatives, um, ambassadors for different brands, but the skill sets are there, the interest is there, and some of the stories are phenomenal. Um, you know, there's a the whole Zimbabwe wine team uh, was put together by guys that arrived in South Africa. It was very little wine Does knowledge.
0: Zimbabwe have a wine industry.
1: They do. Well, no, they well, but they have a a, a very very good wine team that went to the. Um, Wine taste the World Wine Tasting Championships, um, and they, in fact, Janice Robinson, one of the best yes. known um, wine journalists in the world, has done an entire documentary about them because it's it's a little bit about the Jamaican bobsleigh. I was about to say, it reminds me <laughs> of
0: the Jamaican bobsleigh team.
1: But there's there's some real personalities there that are doing wonderful things in taking the message of wine um, to to new markets and new territories, and um, a lot of them have also got their own wine. Brand. Brands now um, so that just gives you an idea of from small beginnings where wine can take you and um, and you know I never really um, believed that I would I mean I would never have thought when I was at hotel school many years ago that I would land up in wine because food was my passion and still is um, but after seven years in the kitchen it really was by twist of fate, that I ended up taking a wine direction. Um, and I don't think enough um, hospitality, passionate people um, think about wine as an industry that they might land in.
0: Yes, I also would uh, um, think that the wine industry has, has changed largely. Where it used to be, you know, wine was this really rather snobbishly presented, uh, talked about um, uh, thing or for for the mega rich, is this starting to penetrate oh, cool. maybe more into the everyday wine drinker?
1: No, completely. Um, it's definitely becoming part of our lifestyle um, and there's a very definite South African wine culture that's being developed and it's one of the backhanded blessings of the big red button called the booze ban that's uh, afflicted big us. The red button. <laughs> yeah, that every time we go into we, we um, have we don't have enough hospital beds. Uh, that button is pressed. Yes, and understandable. Well, that's so, that's
0: the uh, the pineapple beer button I call it.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that it's understandable because it works and it works quickly. However, <laughs> obviously, it's not not. Um, it really does have serious implications, particularly for the wine industry, which is primarily an agri it 's an agribusiness it 's an agricultural business and um, has also been hit by the you know the, the lack of tourism mm. um, so what what it 's done though is it 's brought wine to the fore as um, the, it's different differentiated wine from other um, alcohol in many ways where uh, there's been a big move by the industry, a consolidated move to educate people more about wine um, appreciation as opposed to abuse Um, and I mean we don't have a great um, history, you know we've got a terrible track record with the DOP system um, which was the wine industry's fault Um, so there's a lot of reparation that needs to happen and a lot of um, soul searching and a lot of education around responsible appreciation of wine Um, but my goodness there's so much um, joy to be had by wine and it supports many many families and people in the industry which was also then noted um, because of of where uh, COVID took us. Yeah
0: and the the issues then of a an alcohol ban even though the general public may have then seen it as frustration because, you know, for two or three months, they had to beg, borrow, or steal, whatever they could in terms of alcohol or brew pineapple beer, is that I think a little-known thing has been the effect on the worker within the wine industry. <laughs> if you could just expand on that, what the effect of, was of that alcohol ban.
1: Oh, goodness. We... um we lost many many wine farms and many jobs and it was on the brink of harvest um and there was a lot of unsold wine so there was a lot of panic because there was a, you know the many cellars were sitting in w- with wine in tanks not knowing in fact whether they were going to take the harvest in mm. um and then of course the knock on effect to all of the um seasonal workers that w- you know weren't needed as a result of that mm. um but Happily is that there is some recovery and there's um, a lot of optimism in the, the industry um, in the recovery process um, But we it, you know, we're in bad shape and we need a very big vision and a cons, you know We need as, as South Africans. We like to be competitive rather than um, Collaborative and we need a very cohesive approach um, amongst industry to and in fact amongst alcohol in general um, to push together in the right direction into the future and protect uh, the sustainability, not only of wine, but of other sectors of the alcohol industry. Um, it is, it is though, you know, so encouraging to see how, how much um, goodwill and how much exposure we've had in the international markets, where South Africa really is um, very well <laughs> known for their bulk quality and uh, you know not necessarily for the nuances and the, the how much diversity we offer um so there's been a big awareness campaign in international markets and exports increased where year on year which was really quite miraculous um So, you know, it swings in roundabouts and there's there's benefits, there's also a lot of damage and it's going to take a long time because with, with wine you don't turn the bus. Um, you know, very quickly.
0: The the, um, Save South African Wine campaign, which Mm. is very much in the UK, was extraordinarily successful. I mean, anecdotally, my family members, namely my son and my daughter, um, then went very firmly in to make sure that they were bulking up on South African wines. (laughs) Quite honestly, it was uh, obviously an endeavour of extreme pleasure for them, but they felt good about going in there and saying, well, we are doing something to be able to help the South African wine industry by... uh, uh, by buying um, and also then the wine merchants that were there were positively promoting it
1: Correct and look wines of South Africa are really you know they capitalizing that momentum, and they're looking now to keep the South African story fresh without the sympathy. You know, the, you can only ride so long on the sympathy boat. Um, and of course, you're remembering that many other wine industries all over the world are also in a terrible position. Um, you know, Europe has had the worst frosts uh, in France in many years. So, you know, there, there's, you, you've got to remember that wine first and foremost is a farmer's life. Um, and the grape, you know growing grapes and farming wine is not for sissies Um you need to, you need to have <laughs> who was it that said how do you make a fortune in the wine business you start with, <laughs> you start with a big one and um, <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yes yeah but I think it, it's a very quick way to go broke fortune. isn't it either, yeah. either that or you've got to have lots and lots of money and it's a passion project
1: correct and um, so it's the the ramifications were very deep and far and wide, and um, it's I think that if you were around the Wonders, you saw the manifestation of that quite clearly. Um, come the beginning of this year, and the third liquor ban
0: happened. So it was palpable. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about the plans of the Cape Wine Academy. Cape Wine Academy appears to have been a little bit quiet. Um, it's uh, it's a, a well-known South African institution. And it's not just people from uh, the profession that go in and study. There's people that are passionate about wine. Uh, that want to learn more about it. Mm. And they want to enhance that with their um, a m- more deeper knowledge of wine so people taking it as far as cake Wine Master like yourself mm-hmm. um, though you're a professional in the industry there's plenty out there and I can think of one specific teacher who is doing the uh, the cake Wine Master and it's, it's a teacher uh, not somebody who's going to ever be involved <laughs> in the industry.
1: <laughs> Our new recruit. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Um, so mm. it's a uh, it, it's the most established formal roots of wine education, um, and it's it's there's a great journey involved in it. And if you get stung, you're in it for life. I think that I, if you've got a passing interest, you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of the, the, the first courses. Um, but if you get if you really really want to dig, you'll you know you can go as deep as you want to with wine, mm. and you can keep it as simple as you want to. Um, so Cape Wine Academy. Uh, in the last 10 years there's been some interesting um, developments within wine education in south africa and um, we were talking about the sommeliers and that's really service-driven wine education uh there's the sommeliers association of south africa was formed uh, they offer service training um, which is just more nuanced and detailed than you would get at a hospitality training institution. Mm, mm. Then you've, you've got the Global Wine Training, Wine and Spirit Education Trust, which is the gold standard for wine, um, who've moved in under the International Wine School, which is Kathy Marston, um, and they offer fantastic education as well. So the Cape Wine Academy has has had its you know hands full with keeping, they haven't had a captive audience, um, and I think that with wine, there's been, you know, we were a little bit slow or on the uptake to evolve. And mm. so we we pulled ourselves kicking and screaming into the 21st century now. Obviously COVID was a very interesting exercise for us to to really have to, Pivot onto to blended education. We do a lot of um, digital and online learning now, uh, together with um, practical experience. Because, after all, what is a wine course without the wine?
0: So, what this gives me is the impression of a whole bunch of people sitting on, on Zoom yes. with a bottle of wine in front <laughs> of them <laughs> and a lecturer there telling them about it. Yes. Um,
1: can... it, so, that is. Oh, that's do... actually
0: quite sad.
1: Yeah, it, it mm. is. Except the thing is, is that they're we find that um we're so happy to be back in the classroom yes Um, (laughs) but because wine is about connections um however it really does work on our our upper levels like the diploma level course because we have an international you know we now are open to international students um, and we have one national group and they get to know each other and then we do have tasting seminars that go along with it so you get both Um, parts of it as well as international lecturers so if you're learning about champagne you know we we have somebody from champagne who'll speak to you um, and really just give you that depth and richness
0: of experience. The strange thing with all of this connection is that all of this was there before and now I think what you're saying is is that you connect with any wine person anywhere in the world that's right so whether it be a class whether it be somebody asking for a matter of uh, of interest or a tip or a pointer it's opened that up a lot more yep. and it's it's strange because it's always been there but we seem to want to reach out further during <laughs> this difficult period
1: yeah and also it's, it's in a strange way it's brought people together mm. maybe not physically but um, it's definitely had that um, benefit as well mm. uh, so at the Cape Wine Academy what I have is this great um, saying that we're the iceberg not the tip so we don't really only want to appeal to the few wine snobs and you know um, people who want to intellectualize wine Mm. we really really do want to our, our slogan is everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter how much you know, how little you know, um, what your motives are, whether it's just purely because you know, you're know interested in dinner party conversation or whether you really do want to become a Cape Wine Master. Um, we welcome everybody and we have aimed to, we've really um, looked at our content to make it relevant and resonant with those different levels. So you can dip in and dip out um, and Pretty soon, we are planning a Cape Wine Academy wine club to keep the family together, because you'll find that you know once you've started at the Cape Wine Academy, you become part of a, a tangible community. Um, and there are very few people, as you say, in the wine industry, in the hospitality industry, um, and even lawyers, doctors, you name it, because it, it, t- it tends to attract people who like to keep studying Mm. (laughs) and if they love and wine's a very easy subject to fall in love with particularly south african wine because we've got such a great story and great quality and we're on our journey you know we're not um we're not fully established as far as where we can go so it's just so dynamic and so interesting and changes all the time so you can never know enough about it
0: i i love the stories that surround wine and i read um, fairly recently a book which was about the French wine industry during the Second World War, oh. called Wine and War.
1: Yes, oh, and it love was that
0: an book. absolutely well, isn't okay. it a charming yeah. book? I think, on one level, it's very scary, mm. and on the un- other level, there's just these wonderful syndicates of very clever French uh, winemakers that preserve the wine industry by lots of tricks. Mm. Um, and and to you don't need to be um, a wine. Uh, have any particular interest in wine to going to be able to read what is an absolutely beautiful story based on historical fact mm. um, that then surrounds one specific product which is wine yes and the depth of passion that is within it to be able to preserve is almost like <laughs> you are going to lose your life to be able to preserve what is something that is a national passion like uh, uh, like like wine in France mm. um the stories that surround the South African wine industry are getting more and more interesting. Mm. And what I think uh, tends to happen is that the, those stories, you know, the stories of beauty, the st- even the bad stories that are there attract people uh, through their taste buds to come and visit South Africa. So the more that story is then told in other parts of the world, the more people want to go to Stellenbosch, Franschhoek,
1: completely, you know,
0: the coastal regions and others.
1: And we've had some really, really great anniversaries recently. So, Cup Classique um, is celebrating its 50th birthday this year. Um, it's been 50 years since the, uh, Simon Such released the first Cap Classique. Franz Milan did that, and 50 then years. Yeah, wow. and. Um, It's also last weekend was the Stellenbosch Wine Route's 50th birthday and the relevance of that is that they were the very first wine route in South Africa. Um, You know it's hard to believe but there used to be a time where there was no wine tasting, there was no just arriving at farms and you know anyone who's been to the winelands knows what a soul experience that is. Um, It's just such a beautiful thing to connect in at the at the source um, in the vineyard um, with the winemakers and um, and so we yeah we've got that, that all of that we're just waiting for tourism to come back yes yeah. and
0: tourists cannot wait exactly to come visit the wine exactly. so if you look at the you know the 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 big uh, um, tourism sites Cape Town uh, Table Mountains one uh, you know, maybe you're going to go um, diving with sharks somewhere. Maybe you're going to come and see a little bit of cultural history in around Johannesburg. Certainly, you're going to go and see the Big Five, but very definitely, you're going to go to, to the wine route. Mm-hmm. And I think that's top of people's lists of things to do. Exactly. And again, they're encouraged to do so just by having tasted the wine. Yeah. Unless you know too much about mm-hmm. it, saying, this is really, really lovely, you know, let's find out some more. And then they tend to then tell the South African tourism story really quite firmly in it. Yeah. Um, the, um, the, your, your particular area of interest I know is Cap Classique,
1: mm, It is, <laughs> and
0: the story always comes up is then why um, uh, would one go and buy a very expensive bottle of uh, French champagne um, when you could buy a very good bottle of Cap Classique locally to be able to celebrate.
1: Well, it's well to me. There's no, there's there's no question. There's no, it's never a better or worse thing. It's always just a different thing. Mm. So you can have, you know, it's like inviting somebody French to your table versus having, you know, dinner with with somebody South African. Mm. Um, what you have in that bottle is an expression of those two different origins. So you Cap Classique just offers the most amazing relative value. It's almost like the best kept secret, and it certainly, in terms of quality and um, complexity, in in all way, shape, and form, it deserves to stand. Absolutely, shoulder to shoulder with champagne, but champagne's got six hundred and fifty years behind it. You <laughs> know, Kapler Seek is just—it's—it's—it's no, it's, it's so young. It's as yes. young as me. Um, yes. And I oh, it's do. it's slightly younger than me. <laughs> but I do. Um, the 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 biggest development in Kapler Seek that I'm so excited by, um, having been been quite closely involved in it over. The last 15 years is seeing how um, south africa is really embracing our own expression of terroir we call mm. it so it's all the things that man can't control the soil the climate the location we are really embracing our own uniqueness and we're not trying to create a look-alike champagne so the end game is not to make champagne the end game is to make a Classique, and through that there's been differentiation in styles and expressions And as I said, I mean, the relative value is crazy. One bottle of cup classique takes, is handled an average of a hundred times over a period of at least, um, you know, 15 months. Whereas, you know, a bottle of wine, certainly a white wine that's just been carbonated can be made and out to market within three months. So it's made in the very same way. We've got our own quality parameters and and, um, prescriptors in South Africa and we keep on refining that the Katla Sikh Association is one of the most passionate and generous societies because the masters I'm thinking you know people like Um, Johan Milan from Simonsuch, Peter Ferreira from Grand Beck. Um, They are so generous with their expertise and their experience, and they pass it on to anybody who's interested to keep Caclasique alive and and, um, popping. Um, So I think that the future of Caclasique is amazing, and I think in 650 years' time it will be revered as highly as champagne.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Heidi, thank you. Um, thank you for spending 5 minutes or 22 <laughs> minutes and 26 seconds with the Silver Fox. How can people get hold of you? Where, what website should they go on to to find out more about the Cape Wine Academy?
1: Yeah, the best place to go and look at the journey is on our, our um, capewineacademy.co.za website. Otherwise you can reach us on social media. Um, and alternatively, just give me a call. Number's on the website and I'm always happy to talk wine with anybody who cares to <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, and uh, I think I think it would be enormous fun to go and have to do a wine tasting with Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought so. And I think it's something uh, worth uh, me starting drinking again for, to be honest. <laughs> well, I can teach you to spit. <laughs> yes, well, I think that that's probably going to have to be what it is. But, Heidi, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a joy. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Thank you.